welcome to the Ike Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. My name is Alex Ikestead, your host. Mason Crosby hit post. Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. And we've got a great show. We're going to touch on Aaron Rodgers and his toe, as well as the four touchdowns he threw in the Packers' close loss against the Minnesota Vikings. So thank you for joining. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. Thank you for tuning in from around the world, Packers fans. My name is Alex Eichstead. I will be your host, and I am joined by my co-host, KG Eichstead, today. But before we begin the show, we just have to take a quick moment of silence for those affected by the tragic events in Waukesha, Wisconsin, last evening. Uh, That's our hometown. For those who don't know, KJ and I, we grew up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Our parents actually still live over there. And so it hit home. And we just want to take a quick pause and, uh, you know, we're going to take a quick moment of silence. Yeah. Quick moment of silence and honor those whose lives were lost yesterday. And then we will hop right into the show. So if you could just bear with us for five seconds, we would really appreciate it. Quick moment of silence here. Like Alex said, our hearts go out to everyone affected. We want to thank the first responders. We want to thank everybody who was on scene just helping out. And uh, we hope that we're going to see more answers come out in the coming weeks. But, you know, this is a Packers show. So after we got that out of the way, let's talk Packers. You know, we know everyone. There's a lot of uh, people who come to this show to escape the things that are going around in the world. And, And those are some very important things going on in the world. But we try and be a solace for Packers fans. We try and be a safe place for football fans to just come and enjoy and and get some joy out of that. So, you know, the Packers, unfortunately, they didn't pull it out yesterday. Um, Elton Jenkins went down with a torn ACL. We will talk about that in a little bit. Uh, some people were saying Rodgers didn't play his best, which, you know, they might not be too far off on that. But my first takeaway, if I'm looking at the stat sheet, is Rodgers and even beyond the stat sheet is Rodgers is this team's biggest strength, right? Like you can talk about injuries, you can talk about position groups, but the Packers are going to go as far as Rodgers takes them. And if you look at his stat line yesterday, four TDs, 385 yards, 148 rating, 88.3 QBR, literally, t- uh, t- um, you know, hit that bomb with MVS to, you know, honestly put the Packers in position to win the game when everything was looking bleak. Like, I, I don't know how many people were thinking, you know, there's no way he's going to be able to pull magic out of his hat again. Well, he did. And, and so it's like for all the maybe mistakes that Rodgers made, let's keep in mind he was literally playing on a severe, severe toe injury, which is totally painful. It's, you know, it's it's one of those things in football where if you have a turf toe or if you have something even beyond a turf toe. You like ever walked to work was, with the blister? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Rodgers said he was stepped on and it aggravated all the symptoms, but it's like you got to step into those throws. You got to you got to spin. You got to move on a dime. And for Rodgers to go four TDs, zero interceptions, 385 yards, like he's not the reason they lost that game. Unfortunately, Mason Crosby once again finds himself in the crosshairs of a Packers loss. You know, he's our kicker. He's been our kicker for over a decade. We're going to support him, but we can't ignore the fact that once again, Mason Crosby comes up short and it costs the Packers a game. 
uh, you know, obviously it's a team sport, but that's another thing that just jumps off the sheet, whether you're watching the tape, whether you're looking at the stats, whether you're reflecting, forming these hypotheses. Aaron Rodgers balled out. Mason Crosby missed a field goal. And Mason Crosby has actually missed over half of his, like, I think it was like his last 14 field goals. So that's a major concern. Alex, what would you do to adjust the kicker position right off the bat? I think it's a hot topic for a lot of listeners this week. Here's what I would do. I would bring in another kicker. And I think the Packers can afford to do that on their 53-man roster. I know it's pretty crazy to have two kickers. Um, I would not get rid of Mason Crosby. I think he's still the guy I would put out there first. But at some point, right now, there's not much you can say to Mason Crosby. He's he's a veteran guy. He's, him and Aaron Rodgers are the two most veteran in this locker room. Crosby's actually been here, I think, with the Packers longer than Rodgers. I'd have to double-check that. But either no, way— but yeah, Rodgers is here first, but— Rodgers didn't start when Crosby burst onto the scene. Yeah, so, you know, Mason Crosby, I love the guy. Everything he brings to the team. But at the end of the day, KJ, you can't miss half your field goals, especially when this team has Super Bowl aspirations. And I think a lot of people are looking at a potential, you know, reason this Packers team could burn out of the playoffs. Is it going to be injuries? Well, we saw yesterday that even despite the Elton Jenkins injury, despite David Bakhtiari, despite you name the injury, the Packers put up 31 points. The offense looked good. Mm-hmm. And the offense, as you said, Cage, goes behind Aaron Rodgers. They are going to be good. They still got Devontae Adams. They still got A.J. Dillon. There's still tons of talent. They got MVS on that offense. And the offensive line will hold its next man up. I think the defense has also shown its next man up, but the special teams, the special, special teams. teams, it's hard to have that same philosophy of next man up. So I think the only thing you can do is really bring in another kicker in case things head south. Yeah, I mean, because Crosby knows what he has to do, right? And like, so does the coaching staff. And everyone's like, look, Crosby's been in this league for a long time, he's a Super Bowl winning kicker. He wants to win another Super Bowl. You know, he's battled adversity on the field. He's battled adversity off the field with his wife, you know, battling cancer. And, you know, we're thrilled that she uh, came out of that on the other side. Um, But, you know, like you said, it's not like you can be like, hey, Crosby, could you could you make these field goals? It's like he knows he needs to make them. He, He just can't make them right now. And I think it's alarming that he missed the short one. And then made the long one. It, it shows I think he you, has you no can't confidence. Really trust him because, like, yeah, you know, if you, if you trot your team out there and, and Crosby maybe is hitting this cold spell from fifty plus, you say, okay, you know, if it's thirty five yards or in in, you know, we got to go for it four down territory. Or sorry, uh, thirty five yards or out, you know, we got to go for it four uh, four down territory because you add seventeen yards, you get the field goal range, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like it's not even like that. It's it's. It's not that simple. Like, the Packers can't nail this down because Crosby is just missing these, missing those, left and right, you know, point after touchdowns or even those. It's like, it's a serious well, Achilles heel for the Packers. one thing I noticed. Here's one thing I noticed. And maybe it was because, Packers fans, they were showing Mason Crosby much more on camera than they normally would have because of the way the game played out. But I noticed that he was almost so focused he was like, 
it was like you could tell a guy who was trying to rem- be like extremely in the zone. It was almost like he wasn't naturally natural out there. Playing like loose, like, saying? Yeah, he wasn't playing loose. He was almost he was tight. You know, like he was trying to focus so much, kind of like at the free throw line. You know, a guy goes up there. He's really staring down the free throw. That's not going to help him. You know, what's going to help him is just go through his routine, be loose and second let the nature, muscle memory take over. Yeah, let the muscle muscle memory take over. Don't have that uh, mental battle. And I think I see him kind of in one cage. You mentioned it. I mean, the 50 yarder, the fact that he's hitting the long ones and missing the short ones. That's is, concerning. That's concerning. It's almost like when you have a team that's ranked really high in college football that doesn't have a defense. Well, look what happened to Michigan State. They get blown out against Ohio State. Same thing here with Crosby. The writings on the law, the wall right now is that he doesn't have his mojo as a kicker. And a kicker, you need to make sure that if you try him out there for a 32-yard field goal, he makes that field goal, especially in the pro. Automatic. Exactly. Automatic. So, Packers fans, I'm going to read off Crosby's splits for you right now. Um, he's 15 of 23 on the year. That's a 65% conversion percentage. His long is 54. And he did win us a game, you know. So let's not forget that. Uh, you know, field goals, 19 yards in. He hasn't even attempted one. The Pack usually go for it. Field goals, 20 to 29 yards out. He's 5 for 5. But then when you get to the 30 to 39-yard range, he's 4 for 8, which is extremely concerning because those are automatics. And I don't know if he's just not taking the proper care with that, whether it's I don't really know. Like those are not the leg. (laughs) Honestly, man, like a lot of high school kids could make those kicks. And that's not exaggerating. Well, you brought up 40 to 49. He's also 50 percent. He's three for six. So from 30 to 50 yards, Packers fans, Crosby is seven for 16. Sorry, he's flipping a coin or yeah, he's seven for 14. And then 50 plus, he's three for four. So it's like, I don't know if he just like the, the long ones, he just boots it as hard as he can. And therefore, he like doesn't think about it. You know, he just like, I'm just going to give this my biggest boot and like follow through because I know I have to follow through to get the distance. And on like the 30 to 39, he's kind of trying to like aim it or something. You know, Whatever it is, man, the, these numbers are troubling because it's not consistent. You know, it's not and like the there's a pattern. Compounding. And that, that's where I believe you have to bring in another guy just to kind of take that pressure off Crosby in a way, too. It's almost an irony here is, you know, if he's the only kicker on the roster, there, there's not there's no one else you can turn to. There's no there's no it's all the pressure falls on Crosby. And if you bring another guy in, um, then even Mason, I believe, can relax. I do not believe that he was the sole cause of this loss, though. And I, and I, I want to no, go back no. to it because... We'll expand on that. Yeah, let, let's... Real quick, know, I just want to say one more thing about Mason. The Packers have a bye week coming up, and I think they're going to give him a leash through that bye week. I think they're... You know, we have quite a bit of season left. We're 11 games in. We have six games left. I think, you know, after the after the next game this week, we'll have five games left in addition to a bye. I think if you really need to make a drastic change, you're going to want about four uh, weeks to, like, get your new kicker up to snuff. So, Packers fans, the moral of this is I think the Packers do have time to right the ship on the kicking front. The special teams in general have been a huge uh, concern this year. 
But I think the bye is really when we have to take a hard look and say, how are we going to win the Super Bowl? What is our path to the Super Bowl? What is the best way we can put these players that are on our team in positions to succeed? And if we have any catastrophic weak links, how do we shore those up before the Super Bowl? You know, you're going to have that game. You're going to have four games left. Um, yeah, you're going to have or sorry, five games left after the bye. So it's like. We'll see, you know, and uh, that's that's kind of my final thoughts on Crosby. He was not the only reason the Packers lost. You know, the defense could have played better. Darnell Savage, if he would have held out on that pick, the Packers win. Uh, Stokes got burned a few times, although he did make some nice plays as well. The rookie's just experiencing growing pains. But, Alex, what else did you see out there? What maybe contributed to the Packers' loss? Because the offense put up points. Yeah, I want to, before I get into what contributed to the loss, one guy who stood out to me, and Packers fans, I think, we talked about this earlier in the year. Who's going to be the breakout guy this year, right, on the defense? And you know who I saw? He had three tackles yesterday, two solo, but did way more damage than that. That's Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark mm-hmm. has broken out this season. He is one of the best defensive tackles in football. He's getting after the quarterback. He's getting to the backfield, and he was bull rushing those guys backwards on the offensive line for the Vikings it was so fun to watch Kenny wreak havoc I think you know a couple places where the Packers went wrong right I mean the there was a couple mental mistakes you know Darnell Savage drops the pick Kingsley Kiki commits that uh roughing the passer on uh Kirk Cousins helmet to helmet negates another interception I think which was by Darnell Savage um and which had a pretty good run back on it. And then there was a couple of breakdowns in coverage where you're wondering how Justin Jefferson is getting so wide open or how he, you know, because I think the thing about Minnesota is they're a pretty transparent playbook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got Kirk Cousins. They've solid. got Dalvin Cook. He's good. Solid. Justin Jefferson. He's good. Adam Thielen. He's good on too. offense. Stop those four guys. That's all you have to do. Packers, on the other hand, you know, they can find plays out of anywhere. And I know it's easier said than done to stop Jefferson and Thielen. But I really think uh, I think they could have done a better job. I really think they could have. Um, It wasn't because they weren't getting after the quarterback. I thought the D line did really well without Gary. Preston Smith had two sacks. I thought Kenny Clark, like I said, played amazing. I, I even saw Tyler Lancaster doing a great job, kind of clogging up the run. Getting He had two TFLs, two tackles for losses. Yeah, he had a nice couple of plays. And, and I, think it was, I think it was a breakdown in the secondary this game, KJ. I really do. I think that was the difference um, for the Packers as well as that special teams. Well, what are your thoughts on the secondary? Yeah, you know, the, the secondary – You always would love it if they could just catch the ball, which is obviously easier said than done. But that's, you know, part of the reason why these guys are on the defensive side, not the offensive side, is some of them are better at uh, defending than catching. And, you know, it would be great if we can convert every single turnover, but that's just not realistic. I noticed uh, Preston Smith delivering three QB hits, multiple sacks. I noticed Devondre Campbell delivering two QB hits. So it's like the the defense needs Big Z back to, to... put more pressure on the quarterback to help out this secondary and and truth be told if we zoom out a little bit because last week right the the defense shut out russell wilson and then this week they go up and give up 34 to the vikings well i honestly think and i'm not gonna like be too upset about this because it does happen and, and we just have to learn from it but i think the packers overlooked this vikings game 
You know, I think that's really what we're yep. what we're dealing with here. Like, we have the more talented team. Yes, we're being decimated by injuries, but you know, the Packers really were in every position to win this game. Like, I held on interception from here. You know, taking the lead late there. Maybe if they convert a field goal here, like we're so talented, we can win any game. We can be in any game when you have twelve and you have MVS and Devontae and all these weapons honestly like you can take it to any team anytime and the Packers nearly won this game by the hair of their chinny chin chin but they just didn't and I think if you look at the defense going from a shutout to 34 points given up the, the next week I think a lot of that is is you know maybe easing up on the Vikings the Packers have dominated their NFC North opponents in the Matt LaFleur era and honestly zooming out in the Rodgers era so it's like you know the, what the fans do in terms of egging on the Vikings Packers trash talk. You know, they make the they make it seem like the Vikings are the worst franchise in the world. And, and they are one of those, you know, troubled franchises. But like they're they're a decent football team, right? Like you have to respect the Vikings, especially if you're going into U.S. Bank Stadium on their home turf. So, you know, the defense could have played better. The offense more stat for 31. Yeah, go ahead. Penalties. Eight on behalf of the Packers for 92 yards. If you remember, there was that big pass interference call as well. Uh, And the Vikings, three penalties for 25 yards. So that's a difference of 67 penalty yards. That's really the thing that jumps off the statue. Yeah, the Packers had a better rushing attack. They averaged five yards per rush to Minnesota's 3.1. I mean, the passing was about splitting hairs. And I think another thing is that the Packers struggled to get off the field on third downs. Minnesota went nine of 13 on third downs. I mean, it's a really good percentage. And the Packers just weren't able to get a clutch sack, get a clutch, you know, whatever you want to say it is, get a nice breakup um, or something to get off the field. And they did get one big stop when it counted. I believe that was right before halftime. Um, and they were able to get the Packers the ball back uh, before the game kind of got out of hand, uh, and the Packers were able to claw back from that. But other than that, it was it was tough to really produce on those key plays. It always seemed like uh, Thielen's open or Jefferson's open, and Kirk was hitting the throws. Got to hand it to him. I thought Kirk Cousins looked good. I, I I'll, I'll say it. He He's did. He's a good quarterback. You know, I don't know if he can win you a Super Bowl, but he can definitely win you games. And you know. How much are Packers fans going to put stock into this? I think the big thing, too, is Rodgers' toe, right? Like, we're 8-3. and three. If someone told you we'd be 8-3 and three at the uh, end of 11 games, I think anyone would take that. You know, you, you'd look at the schedule and say, okay, maybe a loss would come from here, maybe a loss would come from here, maybe a loss would come from here. Well, 8-3 and three have, with all losses on the road. Yeah, the Packers have won a lot of games that they shouldn't have maybe won this year. And, and then they dropped a game like yesterday that maybe they could have walked away with. But... If you look at the Packers, they were missing Jair Alexander. They were missing David Bakhtiari. They were missing Zadarius Smith. You know, guys like Equinamius St. Brown had the game of his life. He was playing inspired ball out there. They were missing Aaron Jones. And and that's one thing I want to kind of shine the spotlight on, too, is A.J. Dillon needs Aaron Jones to really, like, be that change-up fastball combo. You know, A.J. Dillon, like, all the focus on him, right? 11 carries, 53 yards. That's 4.8 average. And it's only 11 yard long like you know it allows the the game plan to just become easier for the defense so it's going to be critical for the Packers to get Aaron Jones back healthy hopefully he can come back uh you know after the bye or shortly after that 
Um, but at least for the playoffs, because you kind of need that fastball changeup combo, just to use a baseball analogy. Like professional hitters, they'll hit a fastball if it's 105 miles an hour. They'll time it like a bullet. It doesn't really matter. You need to be able to change speeds to fool their timing. And it's, it's very similar to the way that A.J. Dillon is the big power bruiser back and Aaron Jones is the home run hitter can kind of complement each other. So that was one thing that stood out to me. I want to give props to Equinamia St. Brown, uh, but, but I, I can expand on that. Alex, do you want to have any more thoughts before we enter our good pack bad pack segment i've got one final thought and it it kind of stems from the first half and you it really became obvious right before halftime when aaron Rodgers was actually in the tunnel before halftime uh maybe you saw that packers fans where he was going to leave a little early jordan love actually took one snap and took a knee and the reason i'm bringing this up is because in the first half you could kind of just see on Rodgers' face like a discomfort and I hate to use this analogy, but if you've ever played a sport where you, you know, you've had to go to the bathroom or you've been like, you know, you've had a bad blister or you've got some sort of small discomfort, it can actually completely throw you off. And it almost seemed like Roger on Rogers face. He was in some type of extreme discomfort in the first half where he had to go in and, you know, maybe retape his toe. Maybe the tape was messed up. I've had it before where, you know, you tape up an ankle and it's too tight or something and it it causes more harm than good. And I think, you know, Rodgers getting into halftime, the Packers won the second half. Um, And it was kind of like, you know. Yeah, they did. Rodgers was battling something in that first half. And that oh, he was also, battling all game. Yeah, he was probably battling all game. But also, I thought majorly you could see it on his face in the first half. Uh, he was in pain. He looked like a guy who was in pain. Um, and it's just one thing after another with him. But on a bright side, uh, you know, he was still clutch enough to recover the ball after he got stripped on a sack. I thought that was a really big play where Rodgers was able to get back on top of the football. He just does what you said, Cage. He is their greatest strength. Even when he's injured, he's putting up almost 400 yards and four TDs, throwing unbelievable strikes. So I'm excited to dive into my good Packers. And Packers fans, this is the good Packers, bad Packers segment where we get to be a little more specific about a good item and then a bad item that happened on the team. And my good Packers, KJ, is I'm going to bring up that throw from Aaron Rodgers to Josiah DeGuara, mm-hmm. in which Rodgers flanked out to the left side. Oh, man, he escapes that was filthy. the pocket. He's running against his body. Keep in mind, this is, this is with the injury still, and delivers with like a flick of the wrist, he's even throwing off the wrong foot. A perfect laser strike to Josiah DeGuara, who holds on to the football in the end zone for the touchdown. Just a beautiful play. Classic Rodgers. Really only one or two quarterbacks in the league can make that throw. I would say Rodgers, Mahomes, and you could maybe say Russ Will if he's playing well. It was special. And that may not even have been his best throw of the day. I just wanted to shout out that one because that one just blew my mind. KJ, what was your good Packers? My good Packers, MVS. That man, I don't think there's a a more polarizing player in the league. You know, a lot of Packers fans out there really dislike this guy. I don't know why. You know, he's had drops in the past. So has Devontae. So have a lot of great receivers. 
but he led the NFL in yards per catch last year. He was the number one deep threat in the NFL. And that's just facts. You know, that's the stats. Some people might have emotions that that say that there's a better deep threat. But according to the actual facts, Marquez Valdez Scanling was the number one deep threat last year. And if you look at his stats this year, he actually averages 20 yards per catch. So if you take that and look at big play, he's big play. And you saw it like he averaged 30 yards per catch. Like he can get you a home run any play you want. You know, honestly, you had a guy like MVS in 12. He'll take the top off. You cannot cover him with one receiver. You can't do it. And look at this. I'm looking at the, uh, the stats right now. If you look at the wide receivers and you sort their big play, uh, them according to average yards per catch, let's see. Brian Edwards for Las Vegas averages 20.7. That's slightly higher. That's less than a yard higher than MVS, but he's only got 21 receptions. Henry Ruggs, who is out of the NFL, averages 19.5. So there was really only one guy in the entire NFL this season. So let's carry it over into this season who, you know, uh, is better than MVS at big plays. Like MVS is the premier big play receiver in the NFL. He may not be written that way in the narratives. You know, he may not be rated that way in the Madden games, but this guy that I'm just talking about, this Brian Edwards wide receiver from the Oakland, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, he had zero targets and zero receptions last week. So it's like, this guy's not even, he's a small sample size guy. And MVS is a little small sample size as well. Cause the Packers have, you know, Devonte Adams, they have Randall Cobb, they have options, but MVS make no mistake is proving this consistency. You know, he, he's that's what he is. He's a guy who can take the top off. You can't cover him with one safety. You got to roll the coverage over. Otherwise, you're going to get burned because Rodgers is going to find him. Four receptions, 123 yards, 30.8 average, one TD, 75 yard long. We saw what he could do. He turned the game upside down. We needed it, you know, to manufacture points out of thin air. I don't know a guy who does that more often than MVS. So, so that's my good pack this week. Anything to, to add to that before we flip the script to bad pack? I loved it. It almost seems like on a bo- when he gets a bomb, it's like, oh, you know, nothing's better than a good old-fashioned football bomb. You know, <laughs> 75 yards, one play, touchdown. I want to say, you, you talked about him a little bit, but EQ. He, he was knew. playing inspired ball. Equinamia St. Brown, he finished with one carry, 11 yards, and two receptions for 43 yards. But he he was running after the catch hard, yeah, aggressive, he was. and he was getting a lot of extra yards because of it, making plays, firing guys up. And I think that is some great Packers. Uh, flipping to the other side, though, bad pack. I know we spent a lot of time on Mason Crosby. We don't have to touch on him here. You, you also talked about, KJL, the Packers overlooked Minnesota maybe a bit. So let's try and think of you know some bad Packers outside of that. And I just have this to say. Yeah, what do you got? Is it seemed like Minnesota took advantage of the deep ball. More than more than teams that I've seen the Packers play in the past. I Meaning Kirk Cousins was actually he was airing it out. He was going for it, had a couple of deep shots to just Justin Jefferson, hit on a fifty-six yard long. And I think KJ I'm wondering what broke down in the back half, back end of the secondary. 
between Savage and Amos. And, and normally they're not my guys to pick out on bad pack. And I'm not saying that they individually played poorly. I'm just saying that something happened there in the back end from the two safeties that was it, it wasn't good. I mean, uh, it, it just kind of faltered and led because I can't expect. Right. I'm not going to bet on Kevin King and Eric Stokes against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Those are two no. losable matchups. Those are, yeah, are just those, too are, good. those are tough. So I'm looking for safety help. And I think that safety help just wasn't good enough. Justin Jefferson finished with eight catches, 169 yards and two touchdowns. I see that could have gone over 200 if he didn't draw that uh, offensive pass interference call. Adam Thielen had eight catches, 82 yards and a touchdown himself. So uh, both on 10 targets, they were, you know, being thrown at and they were catching the ball. So little resistance there would have liked to see better safety play, honestly. I think those are the only two guys who could have done anything about it. I think a lot of that went into the Packers the week before playing one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL in Seattle and then going to, you know, obviously a much better offensive line in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Vikings. And. You know, that affects the, the secondary's ability to perform, like the amount of uh, pass rush that your team can generate. Like the Packers had Russell Wilson on his heels all game, and he was just coming back. You know, he was throwing off off balance, all that stuff. And, you know, Kirk Cousins was doing a great job yesterday. I would say my bad pack is just, you know, kind of you let Kirk not Cousins be. <laughs> we'll just, we'll absolutely. But like not seizing the chances to win the game. And, and that's Crosby. Yeah. That's Darnell Savage. And that's, you know, whatever else the may have done. Those are two moments right there you can point to that Packers win there, Packers win there. You know, so it's like if we if we go all the way to the Super Bowl Packers fans and that happens, we're not going to be like, oh, you know, we talked about the missed field goal, but, but it, let's talk about something else. It's like, no, those were the moments, you know. And yesterday, if you look right at it, like, yes, the secondary got burned. That's maybe like an aggregate loss we took. But – Really, I look at those. I think about those two moments. I think about the Crosby missed field goal that should have been a gimme. You know, thirty to forty yards. You got to hit those. I mean, Crosby makes a hefty salary in your Packers fans. Trust me. You know, so so he's got some responsibility here, and, and we love him. But but that's just the the fact in the matter. Uh, and then Darnell Savage. You know, I mean, he's been playing unbelievable this whole year. So we're gonna really support him, and we're gonna support all our Packers through and through because we bleed green and gold. Uh, shout out to all the Packers fans who got the stocks, by the way. That is awesome. That's really exciting. Love the oh, Packers yeah. for doing that. But, you know, I think Darnell Savage is going to hit the pillow, and he's going to think, like, man, I just should have caught that one. And I think Mason Cross is going to be like, man, I just got to nail these these middle rangers. And, uh, and unfortunately, they've got the know, Rams that, that's, next that's week my to bad work pack. on that against. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, well, let, let's talk about the Odell situation for a sec, right? Like, we saw what happened in Odell's first game. He literally stopped running a route when Stafford threw him deep, and the ball was picked off. So it's like there's a little, you know, there's warning signs even in week one in L.A. So a lot of Packers fans are upset about Odell Beckham not signing here. You know, we certainly would have been very interested just to see how that would look. You know, the jersey would have been sick, hands down. Uh, you know, we don't really need any more receivers as MVS proved yesterday and, and really just all the talent we have in this offense. But uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on as the storylines unfold this week. The Packers versus the Rams, Odell against Green Bay, where he came very, very, very close to signing. You know he's going to want to show up, KJ. You know Odell's going to want to prove to the national media that, you know, 
he is worth it. And I think this, the Packers at the end of the day, frankly, had two bigger stars on offense. You could argue three, but for sure, two with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Odell was going to come in at a mid-level, you know, important spot. You know, he was not going to be the focal point. And you could not, you know, complain and be the focal point. L.A. Rams, Matt Stafford's unproven. That offense is unproven. Odell can go in there and kind of influence things a little more. I expect them to actually have a big game against the Packers just because of the situation where he almost came to the Packers. Um, But I do not believe that Green Bay will regret uh, holding on to their draft picks. L.A. Rams have gone... (laughs) Against the draft, and uh, well, you know they signed well Odell as a street guy, but they love trading away their picks. You know they're they're gonna I think take a route similar to Seattle. Um, when you see Jalen Ramsey get to the end of his career, when you see Aaron Donald get over the hump, when you see Matt Stafford get over the hump, they don't have any draft picks to really reload with. So you know they added Odell, um, another superstar piece. So they have plenty of superstars out there, but really Matthew Stafford. You know, he's never really been able to do well against the Packers. So You're going to call him a superstar? I mean, you know, I'm going to give him his respect. He, is, he has zero playoff wins, but he's a regular season better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I'll, I'll give him the slight edge. And, and that's, that's talking up Kirk Cousins, too. Kirk Cousins played really well, but I think Matt Stafford, you know, he, he was trapped in Detroit. If you gave Matt Stafford, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen— and guys like Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook over the years, and you know these offensive weapons that Kirk Cousins has had, I think he puts up great numbers as well. You know, and, and so Matt Stafford, do I believe in the guy when it comes to the big game? Absolutely not. But do I believe he's a really good regular season quarterback with a lot of potential in LA? He, he's I shown think so. Yeah, you know, I but think the Packers I, are used to beating this guy, and I think they can beat him. Uh, predictions: I think the Pack bounce back. However. It depends if Rodgers sits this week with his toe, which is a real possibility because Rodgers himself was saying after the game in the pressers, he's saying, look, I might have to rest this up over the bye. Like, I think that's the only way I'm going to get any solace from this. I think it's the only way it's going to truly, you know, heal. But it's like, what if one week isn't enough? I know, like you alluded to in the beginning, Alex, a lot of us have experienced, you know, soft tissue muscle uh, or even just like sprains or whatever they might be like issues that just linger you know and you re-aggravate them like if you were sitting in a chair all day and didn't have to you know really re-aggravate this muscle that that then it heals maybe a little better but these guys running around out here like game speed anything can happen yeah you know sprinting reversing directions like your big toe is really in the balls of your feet you propel off that and the muscles are just connected everywhere so it's just like you know, there's a there's maybe like a 10, 15 percent chance that love goes this week. And, and I know Packers fans may not be expecting that. But if that's what it takes to get Rodgers ready for this Super Bowl run. Well, that's what this season's all about. You know, Jordan Love, if he plays, that'll be grade A entertainment. It'll take a lot of the pressure off. I think it'll allow the Packers to really rest a bunch more guys going into the bye. We've had a late bye this year. You know, it's been a tough it's been a tough stretch. And Packers players are definitely looking forward to the bye. You know, we saw guys like Melvin Gordon, uh, the Broncos. They had their bye. Melvin went to back to Madison, then he went to the Bucks game the same night. You know, these players thoroughly enjoy that week off and they thoroughly need that week off to just help their bodies it's kind of so, like the packers are in need of their bye week now which is why their could, bye week a late bye i actually like a late bye you know it's not like uh week four you don't need or week five you know early in the season you, you don't, don't need, need an early bye. bye yeah no 
and it's not like we have to worry about our momentum at this point. Uh, the Packers have kind of the last three games gone loss, win, loss. Like you said, KJ, if Jordan Love goes, he's going to have the Rams defensive line coming after him. It's going to be crazy. Uh, but I think, you know, it would be a great learning experience. Jordan Love's first two starts against the Chiefs and Aaron Donald. So exactly. There's no loss there. And Aaron Rodgers gets an extra week to heal up for the playoff runs. When you're looking at the last five games of the season, the Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions. You know, this is it's after this bye, like you said, KJ, it's about focusing up for the playoffs for the Packers. So hopefully um, he will be able to go. But if he does not, I do not think Packers fans need to hit the panic button one bit. Um, on there it might just be the smartest decision for this season sometimes you'll see that uh my prediction if Aaron Rodgers plays I'm going with 27 22 Packers and if Rodgers does not play I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a little uh lower scoring I think it's going to be 17 14 Rams. Something like I think, that. I think I think Love gets close again, but he, he doesn't get his first win if he starts. How about you? Yeah, you know, I think the pack could legitimately uh if Rodgers plays, I think we can win, but we're hurting right now. You know, Big Elton just went down, Aaron Jones is recovering, you know, you, you don't have to look far to see all the injured players the Packers have right now. Um Look any direction. You know, but really the, the Packers, <laughs> they dropped out of the first place in the conference with that loss yesterday. So we do want to bring teams through Lambeau. You know, we saw this years ago where we had to go to the Arizona Stadium and we ended up losing. And nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to do that again. So it's like we got to bring this through Lambeau. So we have to get these wins. It's not like we were like able to throw away games here, Packers fans. So it's a little bit of a sensitive situation. Kind of going back to the whole Crosby talk in the beginning, we do have six games left. So that's the that's the saving grace here is uh, we have about a third of the season left, a little over a third. So that's a significant chunk. It's not time to press the panic button on any level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the season still has a lot to shake out in terms of the playoff seeding. Uh, you know, and this Rams game is, is going to be a tough matchup for an Enders Packers team that they can win, but... It's just going to be an interesting matchup. You know, the Rams are not as deep as they once were. They have a lot of high-end talent, but really, you know, the Packers are stacked. You know, Devondre Campbell, he's a beast. Darnell Savage, I know he dropped a pick, but he's playing really well. Same with our secondary, Kenny Clark. You mentioned it. Guys like Dean Laurie, Ty Lancaster showing up a little more. Kevin King, yes, he gets burned here and there. They've got a swagger on defense now. This Packers defense has a swagger. They do. They do. I mean, the receiving core is stacked. You know, the, the running backs, they could use uh, Aaron Jones back, but A.J. Dillon's hardly, a, you know, a, he's hardly like, <laughs> I would love to go out to war with A.J. Dillon as my back, honestly. So, and then you got 12, right? You got 12, and then you have Coach LaFleur. I'll take those chances any day. I honestly will. And, yep. um, and that's the just Packers, the way we need to look at it in my opinion yeah they're in a good position as you said cage they still got 12 and they still got uh all the pieces they need to win a super bowl um i'm I'm not trying to downplay the elton jenkins uh injury uh, because we love biggie here he was actually the guy who helped kick off the ike packers podcast if you haven't heard that exclusive interview with elton jenkins it's the very first episode we ever had 
um, friend of the show. So we wish him nothing but the best. But I, I do think the Packers have shown that on the offensive line, they can almost switch up the playbook, play a little quicker and still get points, still produce points, which gives the Packers, you know, a shot against any team out there. Any final thoughts for our listeners today, KJ? We're tuning in. Final thoughts, Packers fans, is, you know, we're going to do a toy drive coming up. We do one every year, and we're going to do it for the kids this year. Uh, it's more important now than ever in light of the, just the recent events. Um, for we're Christmas. Gonna, we're going to give our hearts to this. You know, it's going to kick off this coming Friday. I believe that is. I'm just looking at the exact date. That 26. is no, this, uh, sorry, November 26th. That is going to be the day after Thanksgiving. We're going to kick this off and we're going to give it everything we have for the kids. I mean, you know, Packers fans, if, if you're looking to give this holiday season, send us a DM, uh, reach out to us, tweet at us. There is more info to come. We're going to make sure to get you guys all the details, but this is going to be year three. If you look up, welcome to Ike on YouTube. You can see the videos from year one and year two. They're truly inspiring. It's unbelievable, especially last year during COVID. We pushed through, delivered over two fire trucks worth of toys to the kids and children's hospital. And this year, we're going to try as hard as we can to make it even more special just because, you know, we got to make the world, we got to give our best effort at making the world a uh, better place. And and we want to give back to the kids. And uh, if you guys could help us with that, if you girls could help us with that, we'd be very appreciative. Um, more details to come. And honestly, a lot of great Packers football to come as well. So, so there's Thanksgiving to look forward to. There's Packers Rams to look forward to. There's the Ike community toy drive to look forward to they're seeing friends and family to look forward to uh let, let's all do our best to really just keep the keep the peace keep the faith and remain keep on the vibrations good keep the good vibes packers fans you know there's always something to be thankful for we're thankful for you everyone in this community you know we're thankful Absolutely. for the packers we're thankful for everybody in the state of wisconsin everybody across america all these countries across the world we're in over 100 countries really you know, Packers fans are everywhere and, and we're thankful um, for nothing else. We're thankful for this community, you know, like if not nothing it's, else, excuse me. But, um, it, you know, yeah, it's just I one mean, of those things that keeps us going. Right. And uh, yeah, you know, I, that's just kind of what I want to say about that. I community toy drive, more information coming. We're going to kick it off this Friday. Let's make it. Let's make it really special. Yep, let's make it super special. Packers fans, thank you for tuning in again. If you could hit that subscribe button or tell a friend about either this podcast or the toy drive that's coming up, those are the two best ways you can help us grow. It's going to be a really exciting week. We're going to give it everything we had, just like KJ said, and we're going to continue to give you guys the best content on Ike Packers, which has been absolutely going crazy lately it's been so fun to interact with so many new fans new followers of the pack all the support from everyone all the support from people checking in on twitter so keep that up keep the engagement great uh you know send some good vibes to someone you love today and until next time packers fans go pack go go pack go we out If you enjoyed this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans.